0: And welcome back to the Cover 3 podcast here on CBS Sports. It's Thursday morning. It's everyone's favorite time of the week. Uh, I'm Chip Patterson, joined by Barton Simmons, Tom Fernelli. Uh, we are here to lay out our locks for week 11. It's, uh, it is it is a week that, honestly, guys, I've, I've kind of had circled probably more in terms of the date than anything else, because November 9th, LSU in Alabama, from the moment that we saw what LSU's new offense looked like, we've been talking about it. And so we are, I'm sure, I don't know where the locks may be out there uh, on the field, but uh, I do know that we're going to spend some time talking about that. And in general, it's just a, a really fun, loaded uh Pretty well-paced slate, so uh, excited to break it down. Gentlemen, how are we feeling as we uh, as we are about to uncork um, a pretty pretty massive weekend, landscape-shifting weekend in college football?
2: You know, I was feeling really good, and then you said that it's week 11, and I got a little sad.
3: Mm.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah, so know, I'm, I'm feeling good about the picks. I'm just like, oh, man, we're almost at the end already. Well... well- we got <laughs> I am feeling fantastic.
3: Uh, you know there's been a couple weeks here lately where I would say two straight weeks where the slate has been a little hard for me to gauge. Uh, last week in particular I, 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 I left the pod feeling very uncertain about my future. Uh, <laughs> feel very fortunate to get out uh, plus one on the weekends. But this week, I don't know, maybe this is a bad sign, but I feel fantastic. (laughs) I love love it.
0: Love that confidence.
2: I think the fact that our very first winning lock agreement of the season has given us both the momentum we need to have a strong finish to the season.
0: Oh, y'all's first winning lock agreement. That's right. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's true. Let's yeah. uh, let's go back and let's review. Um, so it was for the syndicate as a whole, a 15-12 and 1 weekend. Everyone above 500. So um, you know, a lot of excitement that we were able to uh, to all get that done. You know, this is this is something that we haven't always gotten to experience. So, round of applause for that. We did it. Uh, let's start with, uh, my card. All right. Nice. Five and three overall. The wins were the under 58 in Notre Dame, Virginia tech. Never a doubt. Uh, of course we were celebrating as Oregon took us right to Latifa. So that brings lock unity to six and two on the season. So keep your ears peeled. If you hear Latifah, you might have a winner. Uh, the under 45 and a half in army air force. Now uh, things are right in the world. Again, we've got our service academies under hitting, uh, Kansas plus six. That was a bad mistake. I, uh, I picked up, I picked up the poo dollar. That's what I think. Kansas <laughs> plus six was, <laughs> Uh, NC state plus seven and seven and a half, uh, equally embarrassing, but then under 51 Vandy, South Carolina glorious under there and Oregon state plus five and a half. The bees are, are absolutely rolling. That was a win. And then a loss on Syracuse minus three, uh, Boston college put up 58 points on the orange. And ever since they stripped the name carrier off the dome, I don't think it's been the same. Five and three overall, plus two, brings me to 40 and 45 on the season. Both uh, Tom and Barton were plus one overall. We'll start with Barton. The loss on Baylor minus 18 and a half, that was a scary, spooky uh, Halloween night against West Virginia, but Baylor took care of business. The Oregon win, as we mentioned, over 64 and a half in Colorado UCLA was a loss, That Utah minus three and a half. Great, solid. We talked about it a lot. That was just a really strong win for Utah in that spot against Washington. Indiana minus 11. Goodness gracious. Indiana's seven and two, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Jeez. Uh, Tennessee uh, minus 11 and a half. That was a win. They've got it turned around. Oregon State, that was a lock agreement. And then Nebraska minus three is a loss. And Arkansas minus plus seven and a half is a loss. Uh, Barton, you're upon review from your, uh, your week 10 slate, any notes that you're taking moving forward?
3: Uh, I mean, I almost walked away from the window with six games last week, as you may recall. Uh, I very regretful. I didn't would have, would have cashed me one more win. Uh, Nebraska, I'm giving up on <laughs> Arkansas. What the hell? Uh, and, uh, but otherwise, uh, you know, I feel all right. I, I survived it.
0: Tom's card uh, was beefy, and, and he finishes five, four, and one. Uh, a win on Memphis minus five and a half. The Oregon Unity, the under forty-five and a half Army Air Force lock agreement. Miami plus three. I mean, y'all, if y'all have been listening to Tom, he's been telling you his numbers like Miami a lot more than uh, public opinion. And so, we'll we'll see if he decides to uh, to come on back to the Canes this week. NC State plus seven and a half. Yeah, the fade wake force play didn't quite work out. Uh Tennessee nope. Tennessee minus eleven and a half. The under sixty one in Tulane Tulsa was an L. Where was that? Is that game played in New Orleans?
2: Uh yeah. We were were we looking for crosswinds? There were crosswinds, but they they were futile.
0: <laughs> uh the under fifty eight in Purdue, Nebraska was a push. Was it a sweat as you were uh counting it down?
2: No, it wasn't a sweat. It was a travesty Mm. in which it was easily cruising towards an under until both teams just exploded in the final nine minutes of the games. I think there were 24 points in the final nine minutes, if I recall correctly. Gracious. So, yeah.
0: Uh, Under 50.5, Buffalo, Eastern Michigan, also a loss. Uh, Buffalo thumped them and could have sat on the rock. Right? Weren't we sitting there right on the edge of that game, feeling like it was going to go?
2: Mhm. Yeah, it was I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like a sweat sweat, but it was I thought it was pretty good for most of the way, and especially in the first half, and then the second half it just kind of, you know, it wasn't like a killer, but you saw it coming. It was just at halftime you thought you were pretty good.
0: And then uh, Akron plus 6 is a loss Bowling Green took care of business. Bowling Green currently at 3 wins. We are rooting for a push we're at that point in the season uh five four and one on the week 46 49 and one overall uh barton i think i, I forgot to mention 49 33 and four overall and uh, the entire uh group oh and uh the dentist auburn minus 18 and a half
3: lost yeah i mean the dentist is you know the dent the, uh, here's the deal with the dentist i think i figured it out as dentists do He's been playing a lot of golf this fall. <laughs> so I, I think the dentist, I mean, he's got another play this week. Um, but at this point, feel free to fade the dentist because he's he's lost the magic of 2018.
2: I feel like the fame has gone to his head and he's not putting in the same kind of work <laughs> that he was last year.
3: Yeah, just, rest, just, just living off that cash from last year, living off the fame, shaking hands, taking pictures as the dentist on the golf course and uh, letting, his, letting his record sour. So he needs to get straightened out.
2: The, Steve, is that the
3: dentist?
0: <laughs> <laughs> the second that somebody asked for the dentist's origin story, we jumped the shark.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, the dentist is four and eight on the season. Uh, the entire group on the season, 139, 135, and five. Uh, all right. Just to, to take you all behind the scenes just a little bit, normally i am uh i i ask these guys if they want to lock it up and uh and we kind of dive in the the jingle which so many of you love gets put in afterwards most of these sounds we, we enjoy together but uh, there have been some requests, and when y'all are are making requests in in these uh, in the mailbag you know, give, give us a five star review, give us your review of the show, ask a question sometimes in the review we've had some some uh, ideas thrown out and we put some of those ideas into place so i 'm going to fire this one live uh, so the guys can hear it for the first time uh, the new Picks jingle
3: We're picking locks. My blue plate special five-star locks are coming.
2: Since 2005, when Service Academies... Don't brother.
3: get these locks. Five-star <laughs> master lock. Lock it up.
2: The under is 33.9 and one. We've gone over a million times. You lock like
3: these locks. I'm, I'm, I'm living and dying every every point, every cover. Uh, oh, well done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we got g- to get them in there. I, we, we might have had... We, I think I might have heard from uh, close to double digits of uh, of fans and listeners that uh that that were like, you got to get Tom uh, on the jingle. So new jingle 2.0, we're back.
3: Five star, five star requests are considered
2: no doubt thank you chip and thank you listeners (laughs) and thank you service academies for all that you do
3: for for everything (laughs) um
0: all right let's uh let's go ahead and get things started does anybody have a play for thursday night's games that we can go ahead and get out here uh, in the beginning no no temple south florida and no uh louisiana coastal I had this one sitting on the sideline, and because it is on brand, I'm going to jump in. Uh, and uh, I guess the t box would be mine anyway, uh, as the having the honors. And so, boys, the Fade Charlie Strong Wagon is back. We are going to be locking up Temple as a short road favorite playing at USF in Tampa. Uh, the Owls are minus one and a half. It's, uh, it's a little bit tricky, but it is a principle because we are jumping on the other side of the bulls and, uh, and we're, we're going to be taking the owls. The owls are much better at home than they are on the road. I'll say that anecdotally. Feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but, uh, but the fade Charlie Strong play has been honestly just, just a lot of fun. So I'm going to go ahead and get things started and, uh, and I will go Temple minus one and a half as my first lock of the, uh, of the day.
2: Yeah, I'm not locking it up, but this will probably be, spoiler alert for anybody that follows on Twitter, this will probably be the Twitter tip of the day tonight as well. So, I'm obviously in agreement with you. I'm just not, it's not one of my, let's see, how many picks do I have nine? <laughs> it's not one of my nine favorite plays. Well, th- this, I'm I'm, I'm in, in,
3: intrigued here that you want to make this play because last time we saw South Florida, prior to the bye week, they... Totally ruined East Carolina's homecoming. Forty five twenty blowout. Temple's gotten blown out by UCF, blown out by SMU. Uh Okay. All right. So you, you, you back on the train. Back on. All right.
2: Oh, yeah. I will say here's some fun for you, Chip. At under Charlie Strong, at home, South Florida is six and eleven against the spread. As a home dog, it is two and four against the spread. So
0: mm. hoot. who Let's go Owls. Uh, Barton.
3: Uh well, shall we dig into the game of the century? You guys up for that? Texas State and South Alabama. Yeah, I was going
0: to say That's are you one. are you throwing us a
3: curveball or do you want to talk no. about uh no, Bama no, LSU. No no. no, no, let's let's I the actual game of the century. Okay. LSU Alabama. Do you guys have a play on that? Yes. Yes. All right, well, here's the thing for me. Now, I am a little bit, look, it feels like the world is on LSU right now. It feels like everybody feels like they they, they see this as LSU being the better team. This is the year LSU wins. And I've got a hunch. Uh, you know Tom might be on the total, I got a hunch that chip is on LSU. Spoiler alert, the dentist is on LSU. The public is on LSU. And that scares me if, if I were to play LSU. Alabama, this is Nick Saban feeling like he's got a chance to actually be the underdog here. I mean, even though they're favorites, I mean, they, they've, they've got the world against them in a lot of ways. They're behind LSU in the rankings. And, uh, a lot of people aren't giving them a chance, and all this, and so this feels like a great opportunity to to play Alabama. And yet, I, I'm sticking with my, my guns. This has been my principle all year long: trust my eyes. I believe L- LSU will win this game, and and I'm actually not. This is not going to be a money line play, but I but I'm going to take the points here. LSU plus six and a half. Look, the reality here is this is an LSU offensive line that has looked like one of the best in the country against an Alabama defensive line that is, hey, good, but not to Alabama standards. This is the maybe the first time that an offense can really make those true freshmen in the middle sweat. And I'm talking about mainly the linebackers. And there may be a, I'm sure there's going to be a game plan here. Maybe Alabama pulls the the Auburn game plan uh, out of their hat from the bye week, where it plays seven DBs and one linebacker, and just you know has athletes running around all over the field. But if Shane Lee, true freshman, is in there, and Clyde Edwards-Helaire gets mashed up on him, I like my matchup. If Christian Harris is in there, and he's got a uh, Match coverage with all those different athletic receivers, I I like LSU's chances there. And on the flip side, I I think the, the injury with Tua is significant, and if he's a little bit immobile, if he gets banged around a little bit, then that's a problem. And so, bottom line, end of the day here, while it feels like this is not the sharp play, I am just going to go with LSU here because I think this is the time LSU wins I haven't even talked about Joe Burrow he's got the he's got the, the intangibles you need so give me LSU to to, to, to cover the six and a half
0: uh, Tom are you making a play on the side nope lock agreement on LSU and Tom are you going to be on the under Yep. it is a double play for me <laughs> uh, I'm going LSU in the points because and and I I'm it is I agree with you Barton I'm not going to make it my money line sprinkle this week because the more that I've thought about this game like when I when I put together the Alabama fan fiction of describing how Alabama wins on our last show like that has terrified me but I think LSU is the better team uh, at least by their performance so far this year and. With the six and a half, I I just kind of like the the wiggle room that I have there for a three point, four point, or a six point Alabama win that would be, still be able to get me the cash. And then the under is almost my uh the the under is the uh, the insurance policy because as I imagine Alabama winning this game, if they were to win it by ten points, for example, it's probably because Um, They are limiting what LSU has been able to do offensively. And if they're doing that, then the score is going to be suppressed. So I I am going uh, under and I'm going LSU plus six and a half. Double lock, Tom.
2: I am on the under 63 and a half. Uh, it's, I mean, for me, what it boils down to is if I was taking the spread, I would probably be on LSU as well, because I think there's a good chance that the LSU does win this game. But there's just too much we don't know going into this game, particularly as having to do with Tua Tagovailoa. We know he's going to play because I don't think, you know, if as long as he has two legs, he's not going to miss this game. But how healthy is he going to be? I've talked about this before. When he suffered the same injury, the opposite ankle last year in the SEC championship, (laughs) it was a month later that Alabama was playing Oklahoma. And he admitted before that game to the press in a press conference that he was closer to 85 percent than he was to 100. So if that was four weeks and now here we are three weeks after he suffered that injury How much better can we realistically expect him to be? Maybe, you know, having gone through it, they've been able to rehab it a little bit better, but maybe he's still only 85%. Maybe he's lower than 85%, and we have seen plenty of history of Tua playing when he's banged up, and he's not the same because he kind of loses that mobility that he has. And while he's not what anybody considers like a dual threat, he's a pocket passer – His mobility in the pocket is what helps him a lot when he's under pressure. He's able to move around and extend plays and allow his receivers to get open and then find them. If he doesn't have that in this game, that affects the Alabama offense quite a bit. On the flip side, we've talked about how great LSU's offense has been all year, but we saw against Auburn last time out. That, you know, there is a game plan to slow it down. And now, granted, Auburn's defensive line is better than Alabama's defensive line, but Nick Saban just had the last two weeks to get ready for this offense. You know, and as we've discussed, it's not like it's something that LSU or Joe Brady are doing that is groundbreaking. It's a lot of stuff he's seen before. And now he's probably picked up some tendencies. And I'm terrified to bet against Nick Saban coming off a bye. That's just the way it is, it's how I've always been. So instead I like the total because I think Alabama will have a game plan to slow down LSU's offense. I do think Tua is going to be a little banged up, and that's going to affect Alabama's offense. And finally, this is a game between Alabama and LSU, and the total is 63.5. I know that both offenses have changed in the last years, but damn it, I'm a man of principle. I am not taking an over 63 and a half in an SEC battle between Alabama and LSU. This is going to be a 24 to 21 type of game, damn it.
0: And, well, to your point, for all the excitement about LSU's offense, including what I spouted out just a couple minutes ago, I mean, what happened when they played Auburn? That was 23-20 like they mm-hmm. can get if it is almost a good sign to me for LSU that it doesn't need to win games uh you know 53 to 48 but that it if it gets lured back into uh more of a classic SEC score it's going to be able to find ways to get it done on that side too so i uh hey they, they it was not that long ago that bama lsu was 0-0 heading into the fourth quarter yeah so i get you uh, all right. Let's go to Tom.
2: Uh, I'll stay with the other big game of the weekend. <clears throat> I'm taking Penn State minus six and a half at Minnesota. Uh, I, I'm, I've, I've made this spiel before, but I'm going to make it again. Minnesota is eight and oh. The fact that it is ranked at number seventeen by the College Football Playoff should tell you everything you need to know about its eight and zero record. It has played three non-conference games against South Dakota State, Fresno State, Georgia Southern. It won those three games by a total of thirteen points. The Gophers are five and zero in Big Ten play, and in five in those five games, they've beaten Purdue, Illinois, Nebraska, Rutgers, and Maryland. Those five teams are a combined seventeen and twenty eight. Furthermore. Every single one of those teams was playing a second or third string quarterback. Only Illinois had its starting quarterback against Minnesota, and he got hurt in the first half and missed most of the game, and then Minnesota kind of took control. Minnesota is a good team. P.J. Fleck has it headed in the right direction. His agent is a superstar For getting that contract extension before this final stretch of games begins. Still, I do like what he's doing there. I think he deserves the extension. And I think it will pay off for Minnesota in the long run. But it's not going to pay off for him on Saturday. Because they are going against a Penn State defense that is better than anything they've even seen or can comprehend to this point. And plus, furthermore, I think that this is a moment that Penn State knows how to handle. It's a huge game. It's one of the big games of the week. It's an important game for them as far as winning the division, winning the Big Ten, getting a playoff berth. This is an entirely foreign concept for Minnesota. They have not played in a game like this. None of the players on this team are have been on this kind of spotlight, have been with these kind of stakes. I'm sitting there the other day trying to think of the last time Minnesota played in a game this big. And I couldn't come up with it. I don't think it's really I don't think there's been a bigger Minnesota football game in my lifetime. I think you'd have to go back to like the sixties and stuff when they were winning national titles to really find one. So I think that kind of experience is going to matter. I don't think they're going to get blown out. I don't think they're going to get embarrassed, but I don't think they're going to cover against Penn State either. So I'm locking up the Nittany Lions.
3: That that last Point you made about how they have not been in a game like this. I think that's relevant. I hadn't really thought about that perspective of it, but um, Penn State's last few years, they they've had these moments. Uh, I don't think they're they're taking Minnesota lightly by any stretch. Um, that said, I'm I am not playing this game. I I, I would lean your side, but I, I think this is. And Penn State's hard to really read, too. I mean, as good as their their, their defense is, um, I'm not sure how many offenses that they've played that are, are really good. And uh, I, I think Minnesota's actually pretty talented in a lot of places. So I, I'm scared of this game, but I would probably lean your side.
0: If there's one spot when you're looking at it, wouldn't it be Minnesota's wide receivers against Penn State's pass defense? Like if you were trying to identify a place where Minnesota could get in,
3: Minnesota's wide receivers are are legit.
0: And I think the other the counter to that is that I don't know if Minnesota's offensive line is good enough to hold up against Penn State's defensive front. Uh, fun game, and uh, I'm I'm not going to put a lock on it, but I'm excited to to see it because I do think the the atmosphere and the moment it's going to be huge. I mean, I, I will. I will probably have to go back and and look at the YouTube video of when uh, he was at Western Michigan and PJ Fleck gave the pregame speech, where he spent the first half of the speech uh walking around holding up a piece of coal in his hand. Then he stuffed it down into a big bin. And then he said, and you know what I'm gonna make you? And he's like, a diamond. And then he pulls out a big old gym out of uh out of the same bin where he stuffed the coal. Yeah, the the coal to diamond pressure magic trick I think is gonna get a rewatch as uh as I get ready for that. But yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna sit on the sidelines for this one. I I think Penn State is is the better team, but it would be awfully fun if this game's tight headed down the headed down the stretch to uh, to get our Saturday started, but no lock from me. All
3: right, Barton. All right, uh, let's see. How about I go to a team that that burned me last week? Nebraska? No. Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. You Kidding me? I gave that kid up for adoption a long time ago. That <laughs> kid is that kid is sitting in the orphanage somewhere, eating porridge. Uh, I am going to the Baylor Bears. My my child that I I, I still have plenty of faith in. Uh, I believe in him and uh, his potential and his future. And just because at home on Halloween uh, he got a little bit got a little crazy with the costumes and. Um, didn't, didn't focus on the task at hand, uh, and let West Virginia cover Baylor still dominated that game. Uh, they, they, it was like 430 to 220 or something in yards. I, I watched it er- early in the game and I didn't watch all of it, but Baylor, the game was like seven, seven Baylor went down to the one yard line. And they were driving. Uh, this was maybe first quarter, uh, and and I was like, oh, you know, this looks this looks about like I I would hoped it would. And I turned this turned it off and went to doing whatever dad duties I had to do. And I turned it back on like I don't know, 45 minutes later, and it was still seven seven. I was like, what the hell happened? And it's just that was that kind of night where it was just some fluky stuff happened, and Baylor didn't didn't get the points they should have, given the way it dominated. Now you get this TCU game, and I think that, that game refocused Baylor. I think uh, when you look at TCU last week, uh, their, their starting quarterback, true freshman Max Duggan, was injured, had a hand injury. In comes Michael Collins. He has an injury because they went to Michael Collins. Alex Delton, their other quarterback, has now decided he's going to Leave the team, and uh, Max Duggan is supposedly going to play this week, but he's got an injury on his throwing hand. So how effective is he going to be? Their backup to him is some walk-on, Justin Rogers. Their other backup, who is a pretty good player, is uh, transferred out. So the 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 co- quarterback depth is not there right now for TCU, and I don't think TCU is a bad team, but I think TCU is a great example of. Football is hard. Like the, my my coaches used to tell say this in, in college. You know the the other team's trying too. Like they're practicing also. And just because TCU is a good team doesn't mean that Baylor is gonna you know take it easy on them. Like, Baylor's trying to win this also. And and TCU they lost to Kansas State. It's a good team. They beat Texas. They lost to a good team in Oklahoma State. And now they have Baylor. And I just don't think they're good enough to beat Baylor. And to, to, to for, for this line to be only two, I think is a great opportunity to capitalize on Baylor's underwhelming performance last week. Give me the trustworthy Bears under Matt Rule. Baylor, minus two.
1: Fight. 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 Fight.
0: I don't think we've had one of these in a while. You and me? Yeah.
2: All right, uh, it was Notre Dame, Michigan, a couple of weeks ago.
0: So, if this game was played in a vacuum uh, ten times, I think Baylor wins. And yeah, you are right. Uh, the right now signs are optimistic that Max Duggan's going to play. Um, I if, if this game is played in a vacuum on a neutral field ten times, I think Baylor wins seven or eight. But I'm looking at this spot for the Baylor Bears with Oklahoma on deck going on the road to Fort Worth. And it is a Gary Patterson play where the, you know, 11 local kickoff, um, a a point total that we've got right now at 47. And so we know that Baylor's, you know, very methodical likes to take its time. TCU's got a great defense. It just, It doesn't seem like the kind of game where Baylor's ever going to be out ahead by 14 to 17 points. And TCU's always going to be in it. And there are enough uh, skill players, high-quality skill players on TCU's roster that I think that, you know, if you just need a touchdown or two or a big play or an explosive play here or there, that TCU's going to be able to get it. So where TCU is... Uh, you know what, like four and four overall uh, had, had a very up and down season. As you mentioned, I'm, I think that it is a spot again, and I'm, I'm definitely factoring in the Baylor is still undefeated uh, and all the weight that comes with that. Look, you know, the big 12 title chase is underway. Oklahoma coming up next week. I think it is a really, really tough spot for the bears and so as I'm as I'm scanning across what I think might be a little bit of a, a chaotic Saturday, I mean undefeated teams lose. Undefeated teams will lose in November. We are not going to finish the year with seven teams undefeated. And if I'm looking at Baylor's roster, Baylor's schedule, I I think this is a tricky spot. So uh, let's let's take it down. Let's let's go ten rounds and uh, and and let's fight this one out, Barton. I'm going with uh, the Horn Frogs.
3: Let's do it. Hey, what are you what number are you taking it at? I, I it's a two. If you want two and a half, because it's a two and a half in some places, I think we can still call it a fight and uh and and give you your half
2: point. Let's go two and a quarter and meet them. <laughs>
3: Some I,
0: what is this? Uh what is it? Soccer totals? Yeah. Yeah, soccer totals, two and a quarter. So uh you- yeah, I mean, yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna give it out there, I'm not gonna turn it back. So I'll take it at two and a half.
2: Yeah, I'm fine with that.
0: Cool. Uh, do you have any read on the game, Tom?
2: Uh, TCU was almost my money line sprinkle, and it's not. I'm leaning more towards Chip's side, and I should be because if we look in lock agreement, Chip is two and one against Barton. Or lock fights, Chip's two and one against Barton this year. So Barton, you gotta, you gotta get up off the mat and deliver a knockout blow here soon. Uh, I, I lean more towards TCU just because this does feel like one of those spots where Baylor might slip. Because like you said, Chip, they've got a big game coming up soon here. So you wonder if they could catch themselves slipping here. All right, back to Tom. Uh, For my next one, I'm pretty Big Ten heavy this week, and we're sticking in the Big Ten, where I am taking Iowa plus nine and a half at Wisconsin. The total for this game is, let's see, last I checked, it was about 38 and a half. It has since moved to, no, it's down to 38. So this is going to be a low-scoring game, clearly, and I'm getting nearly 10 points with Iowa. Seems like a pretty solid principal play for me, but more than anything, I think Wisconsin has been exposed for a decent part. They were great at the beginning of the year, and I'm not saying they're still not very good now, but there is a recipe out there for how to beat this team. Northwestern showed it earlier in the year, but couldn't pull it off. Illinois followed up, pulled it off. Ohio State, just crushed them and they're playing an Iowa defense that is pretty solid fun stat Iowa has not allowed a rush of over 20 yards this season they're the only defense in the country that could say that they have not allowed a single explosive chunk play on the ground that is kind of important when going up against Wisconsin because that shows that they'll be able to limit Jonathan Taylor and take away the big plays that has him, you know, that, that really, when Jonathan Taylor's breaking big runs, it's really hard to stop Wisconsin. If you're limiting him and forcing them to put, be in third downs once in a while, where Jack Cohn has to move the ball through the air, you can beat Wisconsin. That's what we've seen, and I think that's what Iowa is going to be able to do. Now, I don't know that Iowa is going to win this game, but I definitely think that this is going to be a lower-scoring rock fight type of game in which Iowa will be able to cover with nine and a half points. And if you want some trends, Iowa, five and one against the spread the last six times it's gone to Madison, and just as far as this series as a whole, the road team is nine and three against the spread in the last 12 meetings between these division rivals. So... I love the Hawkeyes plus nine and a half. Lock it up.
3: Interesting. You know, Iowa lost by 11 last year. Uh, Iowa lost by 24 the year before that. Lost by eight and 16. And it won by four and 15. So let's see what happened. And, and then it was a close game of 14. So, yeah, I mean, this is uh, this is almost I almost went. I might still do it. Maybe I'll I'll have a, you know, a, a late retroactive lock fight here at the end of the pod. But I am Wisconsin minus nine and a half is my is is on my short or my big list, I guess. Pull it out. So not yet. Not yet. I'm going to see what else I got. Let me see how I'm feeling. This is a look. This is a this is my undefeated week. I, I might go you know, this week, so I can't risk it with something I'm not really convicted on.
0: <sighs> All right. Uh, hiring can be a slow process, you know, slow like uh, the pace of a Wisconsin, Iowa game. Cafe Alturas COO Dylan Miskowitz needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company, but he was having trouble finding qualified applicants. So he switched to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you, it finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. That way, you'll get candidates fast. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter, and he said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidates apply. He also was able to use ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so that he could focus on the most relevant ones. And that's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like this, it is no wonder that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Seawrite ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com cover. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash cover, like cover three, the name of the show, C-O-V-E-R. ZipRecruiter.com slash cover. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Okay, so you're going to be leaving that one on the sideline, Barton. Uh, where are you going to be taking us next?
3: All right, I feel pretty good about this one. <clears throat> um, common theme here. Let's go Kentucky. Pick them against the University of Tennessee.
0: On the other side of our beloved Vols. Wow. wow.
3: After what the Vols did for us
2: last week. I know.
3: I know. And I still like Tennessee. And I still think that you could see Tennessee get to a bowl. But... I, look, and and I know that Jeremy Pruitt's got a little bit of uh, what is it the Brayer is it the Brayer Rabbit the guy that said don't Brayer Rabbit he's got a little Brayer Rabbit in him got a little don't don't whatever you do don't throw me in the the briar patch um, he's talking this week about how this is not a team hadn't been very focused how the team has been you know, practice has been just okay uh, team's pretty beat up. And tired and and all that. And I'm gonna I'm actually gonna believe that. I'm gonna take him at his word there. Um, when you think about Tennessee right now, it had a really good effort uh, against Georgia. You know, got got away from them. Um, it beat Mississippi State. Had a great effort against Alabama. I mean, that was almost a one score game late. And then the, the fumble, turn for touchdown, beat South Carolina, and then beat UAB. Now it's on it's it's on its sixth game without a a bye week. Um, it's it lost its two offensive tackles in that uh, what was it the South Carolina game? Uh, it's it's just it's beat up. It's it still doesn't quite know what it's, what it is offensively from the quarterback position. Uh, it's going into this Kentucky game with Kentucky being, you know, off the bye week, refreshed at night. The checkout line uh, coming off of a, a big win against Missouri. I just think Kentucky is is not beat up, is not refreshed, is not tired, is energized. This is still Tennessee coming to town. This is still a little bit of uh, you know the. Why don't we get more respect, kind of deal here, um, and and I think the Kentucky is just ready and motivated for this spot here. So, I while I like the direction that things are headed with for, with Tennessee, I think this is going to be a really tough spot for them to get up for. Uh, I like Kentucky to win
2: it. Okay, I just I'm, I'm hurt. Yeah, Baffled. sorry guys. <laughs> to to quote the great poet. Ed Reed, I'm hurt, dog. <laughs> it's all business, guys.
3: It's not personal. It's just business.
0: I mean, lock Tom Barton lock agreements were skidding, and Tennessee brought you out. I'm yeah, you am just going to turn on throwing us in the trash. Unbelievable. Uh, um, all right, Tom, back to you.
2: Uh, I'm going to stick in the Big Ten for yet another pick, and this is another low total. And I'm going below it. Purdue at Northwestern under 39 and a half. I mean, do I do I need to go into detail here? <laughs> <laughs> so, it's Purdue, which I think the three of us are on. It's too deep at offense right now against Northwestern, which has scored, I think, 78 points so far this season and is probably as far as points per game is the worst offense in college football. Uh, I do think Northwestern is going to reach double digits this week because Purdue's defense is somewhat not great. And I do think Northwestern actually has a very good shot of winning this game. It's just, I don't think it's going to be, I think this is like a 17 to 13 kind of game. And I think that this is a Northwestern win, but it's going to be a very, 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 very ugly, sloppy, just typical what exactly what you expect i mean when the totals is this low folks it's this low for a reason and you might have been scared a few weeks ago when it was northwestern and iowa and i think the total was 38 in that game and they never came close to it and i think this game being it will be very similar to that so purdue northwestern under 39 and a half
0: glorious not gonna lock it up but you might you might you might notice me rooting for it on saturday mm-hmm might. I
3: think I'm a. i am I think I'm gonna jump on board here. Woo! Um, little uh, lock I'm agreement. Gonna, I'm going to. Uh, I'm gonna agree with you.
2: You're forgiven for Tennessee.
3: <laughs> <laughs> in this, in the spirit of, of unity. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is. I just am sitting here thinking about this game, and first of all, I just think it's 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 comedy that Northwestern is favored, and yet i I'm, I'm not anxious to take the other side. Uh in fact at one point I have I have Purdue plus two and a half written down uh on my on my big board and then I have a backslash and I said northwestern minus two and a half. It's so like <laughs> I can't I like I oh, don't I can't figure it out. So I'm just gonna go what I am certain with and that's not a lot of points. Um no more explanation needed. This is gonna be a typical slop fest.
0: All right. Um I will take us to Chestnut Hill where Ooh. all you you only need you only need two words and four syllables. Red bandana. Boston College red bandana game, principal play. We got him at minus 2. So I'm obviously not the only one. It opened at a pickem and I I'm not ready to think that Florida State is I don't think this is the spot where Florida State is going to you know rally behind uh, Odell and I don't think that this is going to be the spot where a coach gets dismissed and then you see a more inspired team you know the old dead coach bounce I I think that Boston College is uniquely motivated in this game not only for the you know external tr- sort of tradition the red bandana reasons but also because this is a, a Boston college team that Based on what we saw last week, is really grinding to try and salvage what they can out of this season. And they're five and four, but let's look at what's coming up because they're going to have a week off on the other side of this. Then their season finishes with back to back road games at Notre Dame and at Pitt. This is the home finale. Red Bandana game for Boston College, and a win in this game would get them bowl eligible. The effort that I saw against Syracuse suggests that they do have their uh, intentions set on playing in the postseason, and uh, I think that I think that's meaningful in a game that is expected to be close. When we get into that, uh, who's who's got more want to moments in the second half? I I think that this game in Chestnut Hill. I think the Boston College Eagles might have a little bit more want to. I I could very well be uh, thrown off by this. We could see more. You know, Jim Levitt just got uh, assigned to a new role during the staff shakeup. You know, maybe Florida State's defense does a does a really good job against Boston College, and they're able to figure out some ways to score on a Boston College defense that hasn't been great so far this year. But I I like sort of all my extraneous factors of of motivation uh, in a game that you know kind of a toss up on paper. So give me Boston College uh, red bandana game minus two.
2: I also have a play for this game, but it is not on the spread.
0: Is it on lay under?
2: It is. I'm taking the under 63 Uh, for me. It's a lot of what a lot of the reasons you're on Boston College or some of the reasons I'm on here with the under uh, Florida State for all the problems it has this season, you know, that led to Willie Taggart being fired on offense. It's a defense hasn't been horrible. It's defense has actually been pretty decent and it's been put in a lot of bad positions by that offense, which kind of just drives home how much better the defense looks and those numbers suggest. And I think that, you know if this game is going to go over 63 do we think boston college is scoring 40 something on florida state here cuz i i don't and i don't know how many points florida state's going to put because i do wonder you know what that offense is going to look like now i i just think that 63 is based on I don't even know what this is based on. (laughs) I think it's mostly Boston College's defense, which is what got this total up. But I just don't see Florida State being the kind of team that could take advantage of that this week. And it's hard to know what the desire will be. So I, I like the under here. I think this could be a situation where BC jumps out to an early lead with all the momentum and everything from the red bandana game and a very, very lively crowd. And considering Florida State just fired its head coach, if they get down early, it's hard to... One, it's hard to believe they're going to be super serious and super into the game late. So I like the under. I mean, I, I don't think it's – I'm
3: not playing this, uh, but you say you don't know what the number is based on. I mean, Boston College has been scoring a lot of points. I mean, 58 against Syracuse, 45 against NC State, 39 against Louisville. Like, they've sort of been on a roll offensively, and they, they go uh, – like, these are two fast-paced teams. So I could see points being scored – Um but I'm 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 fascinated by this spot. I'm I'll be rooting for your side chip for you, but uh this'll be an interesting game to see how Florida State and what their mental state is.
0: All right. Let's go to Barton.
3: All right. How about we go to the big twelve? Um in Matt Campbell's tenure at Iowa State, he's lost to Oklahoma by 10, he's beaten Oklahoma by 7, and he's lost Oklahoma by 10. He has got Oklahoma once again, and for some reason, Iowa State is a 14.5-point underdog, and I think Oklahoma is a really good team. I think Oklahoma probably beats Iowa State. I think Iowa State, especially coming off of bye week, is built to compete with this Oklahoma team. And so I I think uh, just given the history in this series, given that this Iowa State team, I continue to believe is better than its record, and even the Oklahoma State game, there was some some bad turnovers that that really kind of sealed that one for them. But they've looked like there's not been a game where Oklahoma where, where Iowa State hasn't had some some significant chunk of time where they've looked like the best team on the field. And I think this will be another game where uh, that this is never not competitive. And so while I'm not ready to cash in on a big money line play uh, on Iowa State I wouldn't sh- be shocked if Iowa State upset Oklahoma here so give me Iowa State plus 14 and a half
0: I've got a play on this game but it is not on the side no I'm going to be taking Iowa State Oklahoma over where are we going to get this? I'm seeing it all over the place. I'm seeing 67 and a half, 67, 66 and a half, 67,
2: There's, 68. Uh, let's see here. There is a 66 and a half, so that's what you should take.
0: Yeah, I'm going to take the 66 and a half on that one. And it is because Lincoln Riley home overs are very, very profitable. What's our what's our stat, Tom? 13, three and one?
2: 13-3-1 uh, in Oklahoma home games.
0: 13-3-1 in Gaylord Memorial Stadium.
2: Yeah, 3-0-1 this year, and the only push was that season opener against Houston.
0: Yeah, so uh, yeah, give give me all of that. I agree with you, Barton. I think that Iowa State's going to be able to score, and I do think this is probably going to be competitive, but as I'm trying to, to lay this game out, and especially in the flow of uh, the way that this Saturday's going to go, this is our prime time Fox game. Feels like this one's just going to go till midnight. I just, I just kind of see, I kind of see us, um, you know, waiting. Like we will be, we will probably wait until this one's done before we start recording our Reacts pod. But this is, this is one that might have us uh, s- sitting around waiting for the conclusion of it, or maybe we'll get started as it's winding down. It could be that that much of a uh, high-scoring shootout. So give me uh, – I think Iowa State will be able to score. I do think Oklahoma is going to be able to win. I think it's going to be back and forth. And, man, 13-3-1 Lincoln-Riley homeovers. I just I'm, – I'm all about it. Let's go.
2: Yeah, our, our listeners might be wondering how I had that number at hand. And you know why, Chip? Is it because it's a uh, – Lock agreement. That's right. Not only am I on an over, but it's a lock agreement over. So you know what to do. And it's pretty much all the same reasons you said, Chip. This is just at home. Lincoln Riley and the Oklahoma offense really seem to enjoy putting on a show for the people. And like Barton, the reason Barton's taking Iowa State I think that's going to play into effect, too, because I think Iowa State's going to be able to put up points in this Oklahoma defense, and I think we are going to have a very high-scoring game in Norman on Saturday. So over 66-and-a-half, lock it up.
3: Boy, we got a lot of agreement going on. This <laughs> is going to be a really good week or a really bad week. <laughs>
0: Coming up on the other side, more of our Week 11 locks and our Moneyline Sprinkles
4: next Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right,
0: Barton, back to you.
4: Uh,
3: Okay. How about we head on over to the east? Let's go to the ACC, where we just saw Miami get a big old rivalry win. Yay! All right, Miami. Woo! Got got a coach fired. You head up to Tallahassee. You dominate twenty-seven to ten. Feeling pretty good. Feeling really good. Um, feels feels a little bit like after you beat Virginia, doesn't it? Uh, remember that man? Virginia was one of the top teams in the ACC, and you went at home and. Handle them, 17-9. to And then what was waiting for you on the other side of that was that Georgia Tech game. Didn't go so well against Georgia Tech. Here we are after a big win, and Louisville is coming to town. Scott Satterfield's boys. And Tom Fernelli's math might tell you that Louisville's boys are outmanned, outmatched. That's not the way this Louisville team thinks. This is a scrappy bunch. Their confidence, their confidence grows every week. And I think Louisville heads down to Miami after the bye week and gives them a whole lot of business that they don't really think they're ready for. So give me Louisville plus six and a half. Um, and that might be a sprinkle to the end of the show.
2: It's an interesting pick there. Hmm. And it's a fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so fight. We might have to keep fight. Right fight. Uh, fight uh, you fight. mentioned my numbers. Here's a number for you. I have a little metric that I use to rate both offensive lines and front sevens. Per, you know, for each team. And Louisville's offensive line ranks as the 116th best offensive line in the country judging by my numbers would you like to know where miami's front seven ranks three yes fifth it's quite a big mismatch there i think louisville offensive line not very good been able to get away with it for the most part because they play in the acc and the acc outside of clemson is generally trash. Miami is not trash. As I have said the last few weeks, Miami is a team that has lost against that Georgia Tech game following the win against Virginia. Yes, it lost a game against Virginia Tech. Yes, it lost to North Carolina on the road. Yes, it lost to Florida. But it's mostly been Miami beating itself in a lot of those situations. And if you've paid attention, Miami's just gotten better. It's not the same team it was in September. It's found some consistency, even in the changing at quarterback from Nicosi Perry to Jaron Williams and Perry and Adam Williams. The offense is just playing better overall because Miami's offensive line is playing better overall. It was horrible in that game against Florida, but most offensive lines have been horrible against Florida. It was horrible in the weeks afterwards, but each week Miami's offensive line ranking is improving just a little bit. It's still not great. But it's improving, and I think that's going to play a big role here against a Louisville front seven defensively that doesn't rate very highly itself. So when I look at those four units, both have bad offensive lines. Louisville has a bad front seven. Miami has an amazing front seven. And I think that is going to be the deciding factor because, as, as I said in the recent weeks, when Miami is forcing turnovers, Miami is winning. When Miami is getting pressure on the quarterback, Miami is forcing turnovers. Miami is going to get pressure in the backfield. Juwan Pass is going to make some mistakes in this one. Miami is going to take advantage, and Miami is going to cover this spread, and we're going to look back and say, man, if not for that Georgia Tech loss, this Miami team probably wins the Coastal and might actually have given Clemson a challenge in the ACC championship game, which it will not be getting from anybody else.
3: Do you have your full uh, D-line rankings or whatever those rankings are in front of you? Mm Mm-hmm. What what I'm just just curious. What does Virginia's defensive front rank in your in that Sixth. list? Sixth. Oh, Louisville beat Virginia 28-21.
2: Miami mm-hmm. beat Virginia
3: too. Just saying. Oh, this
2: is well, I think
3: this Louisville team is has that that offensive system can mask some flaws on that offensive. Line oh, it
2: definitely league. can. That's that's the whole purpose of it. But I just. Miami's just, I'm telling you, if you've my numbers have liked it all year, but the numbers keep improving each week. They're playing better every single week as the season goes along. And we've seen there are a lot of teams that just improve as the year goes out. And Louisville probably could be improving itself too. It's just I think that a lot of the spreads that we've seen in Miami games recently still take into account the September Miami and it's not so much as caught up to November Miami. Tom,
3: you know, this week of the year. You know, there's a lot. It's about um, kind of who's tired, who's not, who's focused, who's not. And sometimes this this time of year, you know, teams will just roll into town and and they'll step in front of a buzzsaw. I'm just telling you, Tom, I'm giving you fair warning. Team Barton is feeling like a buzzsaw this week. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you didn't just walk in front of a buzzsaw.
2: Uh, I'm Diamond, baby. You can't cut me.
0: um all right let's uh barton how many do you have left
3: uh i've got at least four left
0: whoa all right barton you go next all right all
3: right uh so while we're in the acc um look I, i think that the clock may may run out at some point on uh on old wake forest but I don't think it's going to be this week. I, I don't I, – we're on the road. I get it. Virginia Tech just nearly upset Notre Dame. Woo. Look but ahead spot. Was, Potential look ahead. That was – I mean, look, You're all we got to do is win here. It's a two-point line. Virginia Tech should have gotten blown out by Notre Dame. It's the power of a second-quarter – 98 yard scoop and score is the difference between Virginia Tech getting blown out and nearly upsetting Notre Dame. I when you look at this Virginia Tech team. And yeah, it is a look at spot. I get it. Uh, but you know, Wake is again a team that's only one week removed from the bye week. They are they have been good all year. Virginia Tech has got five wins, two of them against FCS teams. I'm just not – I'm not back on the Virginia Tech train because they had that wild win against North Carolina and the nearly upset Notre Dame. That that I, I saw enough of that Notre Dame game to feel like Virginia Tech is not as good as that score presents. The quarterback situation is still a little bit uncertain at Virginia Tech. They've got some injuries there. I just think Wake Forest uh, – is is going to go in here and win this game? So give me Wake minus two. I will be rooting for
0: it because uh, this is this has been a pretty awesome year for Wake Forest football. So it would uh, it'd be nice to to see them be able to round this out with like a ten and two season. And this is you know Clemson. I expect to be a loss, but then after that it's Duke and Syracuse. Ten and two is in the mix. Ten and two feels a little bit different than nine and three and especially if it includes a win in Blacksburg. So best of luck. I'll be rooting for it for sure. Um. All right. I'm going to take us out to Tempe. It was a few years ago where a USC coach got fired after losing to Arizona State. I don't think that they're going to leave Clay Helton out on the tarmac. He's a good guy. We like Clay Helton. Just a one of the nicest guys you'll find in college football. I mean, he likes Ed Sheeran as his uh, favorite musical act, <laughs> <laughs> but this uh, that playing against this Arizona state team with everything that's swirling around this program. And look, I'm I, this might, this feels a little bit like it's, uh, I, I don't know. I have I don't have these numbers pulled up, but for USC to open as a short road favorite and for it to quickly swing to arizona state minus two or minus one and a half i i i'm probably not the only one that's thinking that this is this is going to be it for uh for my beloved trojans but i do and so i'm going to be taking arizona state uh i will lay one and a half i think that um you know this is and there's a USC team that is very, very banged up. It's an Arizona state team. That's young. When we've got these young teams and a, a coach in his second year, who's got things moving in the right direction a playmaking quarterback late in the season, as long as they're able to stay healthy, you know, that, that's where I look for some light bulbs to go off. And maybe it's not, you know, when in one key position, I think that Jane Daniels has been good for most of the year, but just sort of throughout the roster, if, if things are starting to click, things are starting to move in the right direction. I think that this Arizona state team can come out with the win. And, uh, and when I pair it with like USC is introducing its new athletic director heading into the weekend, I it's all of it points towards a change coming in Los Angeles. And there's no way that that has not trickled into the locker room in some way, shape or form. So give me herm. Uh, give me the Sun Devils minus one and a half.
3: I can dig it. Yeah, I think that's the, that's the side I would lean. Unfortunately, I can't bet every game this weekend, but I uh, I'm 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 in agreement there.
0: Um, all right, Barton, back to you. Since you've got seventeen picks this
3: week, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about? I, I think I'm pulling Clemson off my card. Is that a, I think that's a, a, a prudent move, Chip. Clemson minus 32.
0: Yeah, we don't make first-half plays, but the way that I've imagined this going down, and uh, shout-out to Joe Giglio, Raleigh News and Observer. He was the first one to coin this, and I think it's the right line of thinking. The statement game that Clemson is looking for isn't going to be against a reeling NC State team. It's going to be against a South Carolina team that beat Georgia earlier this season, and this game is uh to steal a, a, the nba buzzword of the week this game's more about load management and i think that nc state jumps out to a 28 point lead and then chase bryce is in and we see trevor lawrence uh sitting on the sideline yucking it up by the end of the third quarter so your your 30 point 31 point spread might be a little bit in danger if for no other reason than you're betting on Chase Bryce, not uh, Trevor Lawrence to get it covered.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't play NC state, but I think maybe I'll, I think I'll might, might pull off, um, pull off uh, the the Clemson play. Uh, so instead I think I'm going to go. And then this is a, this is a little bit worrisome because it feels like this is just a, for good reason, a, 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 a hot team. You know, a popular group of guys right now. But I mean Kansas State's heading to to Texas and they're they're, they're getting 7 points. And I'm not saying that Kansas State's going to beat Texas. They certainly could, but I just don't think Texas is a good enough team right now to be given 7. Um I think Look, the, the the real vulnerability in that Texas defense is, is the pass game, the secondary. So it's not as if Kansas State is going to roll in there and start just throwing it around the yard on them. But look, they also haven't played a lot of teams that are going to try to run the football the way Kansas State is. So who's to say that's not vulnerable too? I, I think that Kansas State is a, a a more trustworthy team. I'm not playing the money line here, but I think to, to – Give me an opportunity to just keep it within a score of this Texas team. I feel pretty good about that. So I'm gonna go K-State plus seven. And you know, speaking of um Clay Helton and his Ed Sheeran fandom, uh you know, Tom Herman's a Dave Matthews band guy, apparently. Chris Kleiman's deaf freaking leopard. So I think that's enough to put me over the top on something I'm unsure on. Give me Chris Kleiman, Def Leopard, K State, keeping it within a touchdown.
2: You know, my initial reaction when I saw this spread was to, to like take Texas, because as I call there must be something behind this. And but I I did a deep dive into it and I don't disagree with your total I'm not locking it up, but I think the thing I like more than anything in this game, maybe surprisingly, is the over.
1: Mm.
3: What's the what's that number?
2: It is at, what was it? I think it was 57 and a half, uh, 58, 57 and a half, yeah.
0: So the play is like uh, we've got a Texas team that's got better athletes and a def- Texas defense that won't be able to stop them.
2: Yeah, and a Kansas State defense that has been somewhat prone to giving up big plays too. So I feel like... Texas' offense, which has not been what anybody would consider explosive, I do think that they're going to be able to find some success and make some big plays against this team. So I think this could be not like a, your typical old Big 12 shootouts because of Kansas State style, but I do think this could be like a whoever has the ball last kind of game.
0: Um. All right, Tom, how many do you have left?
2: I have one, two, three. All right. Uh, one was one I just added on about two minutes ago.
0: So. All right. Uh, I am. This is my last one. And this one, I'm so excited to uh, to throw it out there on uh, on Friday afternoon, Tom, when we're with Tommy Tran, <laughs> because I'm going to be locking up San Jose State. We're getting San Jose State plus seven and a half at Hawaii. Now, Hawaii at home, there's a there's a little bit of a, a difference in the numbers here because whether it is the odds makers themselves or whether it is the public, over time, the Hawaii against the spread record at home is below 500, almost as if there's an overcompensation for the travel that goes into getting over to the big island and I think San Jose State's a pretty good football team. I think we saw it late last week, and I think that as they're going into this game, it it will not be my money line sprinkle, but it would not surprise me if uh, if San Jose State goes in and wins that game.
2: Lock agreement. Oh my gosh. Uh I, yeah, I. Tommy Tran is going to be just. Over the moon with us. Uh it's yeah, it's it's what you said. I think San Jose State is a team that's not getting nearly as much respect as it should be from odds makers and from betters. It is not the same team we've seen the last few years. It is a much more competent football team, but that trend you said about Hawaii at home, since 2015, Hawaii is seven twenty-two and one against the spread at home. As a favorite, it is three twelve and one against the spread. Hawaii's offense is prolific, but its defense has given us absolutely no reason to trust it as a seven and a half point favorite against a San Jose State offense that has been, you know, it's it's had its moments. It is not a bad offense. It's not efficient, but it makes enough big plays to keep it in. And Hawaii loves to give up big plays. So I think this is going to be a very late night shootout on Facebook. And, you know, we'll be we'll be up until 3 a.m. watching this thing. Parton, you want to unite the clans? No, no, this is, you, this is not my lane. <laughs> you guys know that.
3: <laughs> uh, but that's, uh, but this, uh, that all sounds like it makes a lot of sense. So I'm with it.
0: Seven and a hook. Oh yeah. Let's go. Uh, all right, Tom. All right, I guess, Barton, back to you.
3: All right. I love this play. I love this play. Uh, Stanford has played two games in four weeks. They played two games in a month. Uh, Colorado has played five straight. This will be their sixth straight game. They've lost five straight. They just got housed by UCLA. Stanford, ever since they sort of, I mean, uh, look, they they beat Oregon State. They they beat Washington. You know, the UCLA game was a little bit of a mess, but KJ Costello came back and and rolled up Arizona. I think with KJ Costello looking like he's back, this is a different Stanford team. This feels like a Stanford team that has sort of totally regrouped from early in the year, and they've learned to adjust to some of those early season injuries. And Colorado's just not very good. I mean, the whole idea of this Colorado team – First of all, I mean, defensively, they've just been bad. And I don't think I even envisioned them being this bad defensively throughout the entire season. But offensively, Steven Montez, something's happened there where he's just not the quarterback he's been. Um, there's been uh, – Lavisca Chenault is, has dealt with some injuries, and he, he doesn't even get really the touches that, that he's supposed to be getting. I just think Colorado – or Sanford coming off another bye week uh, is is – not laying nearly enough to make this tempting to go the other way. I think Stanford, with uh, another uh, kind of statement game, bad look for Colorado. They're going to
2: lose big. Did Did you just take Stanford? Yeah.
3: Yes.
2: <laughs> I did. This you- is
3: this. Uh, this is not the same Stanford we were fading. It just isn't. This is a
2: different team. I don't even know who you are anymore.
0: Oh, I know who he is. He's He's got a soft spot for the uh, private school smarties.
3: That's right. Ever since then, us private schooler guys circle the wagons, start getting getting in my private school directory, calling everybody, saying, we need to start pumping each other up a little bit. We're, get, we're trying to get relegated out there.
2: So that's what the Freemasons are. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alright, Tom? Uh, I am going to stick out west in a mountain west. I am taking Wyoming plus 13 at Boise State. Boise State, this is a trend we've talked about plenty. Uh, they are not great at home overall against the spread, and they're even worse as a double-digit. I don't have the number for double-digit dog or favorite at home, but since 2015 as the home team, Boise State – is 12 and 18 against the red. And I think going in this matchup against a Wyoming team that is not, doesn't have the same kind of talent that Boise state has overall, but plays a certain style, plays a certain scheme that they are very comfortable in and they will slow the game down. The total for this one's only 48 points they're getting nearly two touchdowns. I think Wyoming is going to do everything it can to keep Boise off the field and if Boise is, when the offense is on the field, Wyoming's defense, it's not bad. They don't make a ton of huge plays, but they are, you know, they make life difficult for you. They don't allow a lot of big plays. They make you put together long drives and that's going to take some time off the clock too. So, I kind of like the under as well, but just not as much as I like Wyoming getting 13 and a half. So, that's what I'm taking.
0: Love it. Not going to lock it up got a full card but wholehearted endorsement here. Uh Barton.
3: Uh I might be done. I might be done. Um Are you done, Tom? Nope, I got one more. What's your what's your let me let me ponder this while you go
2: yours. All right. Well, if you look at my card this week, I've got, you know, well, actually no I already had. Never mind. Uh I am going to take, I was going to say I haven't had a favorite yet, but I took Penn State. But I'm throwing another favorite on the fire. I am taking Georgia, minus 16 at home against Missouri. I know Georgia's coming off, you know, a big win, I know. But I'm just going to go through Missouri's season for you. At home, Missouri beat West Virginia 38-7. to 7. It beat Southeast Missouri, 50 to nothing. Who cares? It beat South Carolina, 34 to 14. It beat Troy, 42 to 10. It beat Ole Miss, 38 to 27. Missouri on the road. Lost to Wyoming, 37 to 31. Lost to Vanderbilt, 21 to 14. Lost to Kentucky, 29 to 7. And though it had a bye last week, this is Mizzou's third straight road game against Georgia. And Missouri is a horrible team on the road, as I've just gone over. And Georgia is a pretty damn good team; it's at number six in the playoff rankings for a reason, folks. And the dogs are going to run wild all over Mizzou. They're going to cover this spread pretty easy. I don't even think Mizzou makes much of a game of it at all. So lock up Georgia, Barton. All
3: right. Yeah, I'm going to do. I'm going to do one more. Uh, I'm going to do another SEC East game. Florida is hosting Vanderbilt thought about playing Florida, laying a big number. I'm not going to do that because there could be a hangover from that Georgia game. They, they could just survive this thing. What I do feel fairly confident on is that Vanderbilt with its third string quarterback is not going to be competent on offense. They're not going to be able to move the football. And I think Perhaps that hangover might be enough for them to, to limit Florida's scoring as well. So with a point total at forty nine, I'm going to play the under forty nine in Vandy, Florida, and that will be my final play of my Buzzsaw Weekend.
0: <laughs> All right, uh, let's get it into uh, the money line sprinkles before we get a quick review. What's uh what is your money line sprinkle? Martin, uh,
3: I'm gonna play. Despite the the protests of Tom, I'm gonna play Louisville uh, for the second time this year in my money line sprinkle. I think it's at plus two ten.
2: Uh, yeah. All right, kiss Into that bars. money goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Tom, you're gonna be down to fourteen point two five units after this one. <laughs> i I'm taking. I almost took them as a lock against the spread, but I just you know, I feel like this is a situation where they either don't cover or they pull off the upset. I'm taking Illinois plus five fifteen I like that I like that one. That's a good play there. I think against Michigan state. this is. I don't want to put too much stock in, you know, Illinois, clearly they beat Wisconsin and that was a huge upset win, but I don't want to put a ton of stock into beating Purdue in that monsoon or crushing Rutgers last week. But this is an Illinois team that has been better in recent weeks, and it's mostly been led by the fact that its defense is forcing turnovers and then, you know, scoring on those turnovers. And I think Illinois is too dependent on its defense scoring touchdowns. Imagine that with a Lovey Smith team to win games, but... I also think that it's not entirely out of the question that Illinois defense couldn't score touchdowns against Michigan state because that's just what Lovie Smith's teams do. And I think it happens often enough to justify the plus five fifteen. I don't think Illinois is going to win this game, but they do win it often enough to justify that price.
0: My money line sprinkle is along a similar lines. It is not a team I wanted to take against the spread, but uh, given the scenario at, it's, it's either going to be a a 10-point win by the favorite or a shot at a, a shock-the-world victory. Uh, I don't know what the price is. I don't have it ahead of me, but I'm going to be taking the Duke Blue Devils Ooh. at home. Cold night in Durham. Scoring might be suppressed. Things could get a little bit tight. And this Notre Dame team, it's not like a a total what-do-you-have-to-play-for scenario, but I mean, what do you have to play for? And so I will. uh, I'll. I'll I'll roll the dice on David Cutcliffe and the Blue Devils in this spot. They played Notre Dame, I think, two or three years ago, and it was a two-point game. A two-point Duke loss. It was high-scoring in in that case, and that game was in South Bend. But uh, I believe, I believe that Duke will uh, get up for it. That doesn't mean there's going to be a great home crowd. Duke, even for the biggest games of the season, Duke has trouble, you know, really generating a. A vibrant atmosphere, right there. But uh, I do think the team and the locker room and the coaching staff—I I think that they'll be locked into this one. Seven thirty kickoff. Let's go, Duke, with a, a little shock the world victory against Notre so, Dame. So like wait,
2: Duke students don't camp outside the stadium in Cutliffville?
0: No, <laughs> dude. When Cutler first came, you know how uh, sometimes and football programs have have sometimes come under fire for the way that they market this, but you know how like coaches will do football lessons like sometimes it's marketed to women with the messaging Mm -hmm. of like hey ladies learn about football. Uh, Yeah, David Cutcliffe held those classes for Duke students. Hey, Duke students that football thing come learn about it with David Cutcliffe. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> mr Cutcliffe, why isn't that ball perfectly round in orange <laughs> yeah uh so we'll see we'll see how it goes but that is again uh similar to your illinois play i didn't feel confident enough to take duke against the spread but as a sprinkle i think there's a chance notre dame goes into uh goes goes into wallace wade stadium and takes a nail so to review our uh, our cards tom is on Penn State minus six and a half, the under 63, Boston College, Florida State, the under 63 and a half in LSU, Bama, Iowa plus nine and a half against Wisconsin, the under 39 and a half in Purdue Northwestern, over 66 and a half in Iowa State, Oklahoma, Louisville minus six and a half, San Jose State plus seven and a half, Wyoming plus 13, and Georgia minus 16. Barton's card, Kentucky, pick them, uh, against Tennessee, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, LSU plus six and a half, Iowa State plus 14 and a half against Oklahoma, Baylor minus two against TCU, under 39 and a half in Purdue Northwestern, Wake Forest minus two at Virginia Tech, Louisville plus six and a half against Miami, Kansas State plus seven against Texas, Stanford minus three and a half against Colorado, and the under 49 in Vanderbilt, Florida. Chips card, Temple minus one and a half against the fighting Charlie Strong's on Thursday night, LSU plus six and a half under 63 and a half in LSU Bama TCU plus two and a half against Baylor Boston college minus two against Florida state, Iowa state, Oklahoma over 66 and a half Arizona state minus one and a half against USC and San Jose state plus seven and a half against Hawaii. Our lock fights are a Barton chip lock fight, Baylor TCU and a Tom Barton lock fight, Louisville and Louisville, Louisville, uh, Louisville, Miami, Louisville. Uh, and then our lock agreements. Uh, Dentist and Chip and Barton are on LSU plus six and a half. Tom and Chip are on the under 63 and a half in LSU Bama. Tom and Barton are on the under 39 and a half Purdue Northwestern. And Tom and Chip are on Iowa State Oklahoma over 66 and a half. A lot of agreement. Hey, mm-hmm. bu- Buzzsaw Barton, how you feeling? It's all out there, it's done. Feeling like a,
3: feeling like a buzzsaw.
0: It feeling like Feel a buzzsaw.
3: A I do fight. like. Oh, sorry. No, no,
2: have at it. I was just going to say there is a lot of agreement, but I do like that we have two lock fights, too, to help balance it out. We can't be getting too friendly with each other.
0: I agree wholeheartedly. He is Barton Simmons. You can follow him on Twitter at Barton Simmons. You can follow him at Tom for You can follow me at chip underscore Patterson. We will be back with you as Oklahoma and Iowa State are entering their third overtime uh, in the late night (laughs) cap when we're doing uh, our Saturday (laughs) night recap. So be sure that you subscribe to the cover three podcast so that you can get that first gentlemen. Thank you very much.
2: Thank you.